when you have a person in power who is changing the social norms to one that is xenophobic, people will start to conform to those social norms. They're suddenly being given permission or they're being given the courage to take those acts. This is the live mic. I'm Mike Roma, and we're speaking with Dr. Shannon Curry from Newport Beach, California. She heads the Curry Psychological Group and treats a variety of disorders. We are history repeating itself right now. My fellow Americans, this morning, our nation is overcome with shock, horror, and sorrow. This weekend, more than 80 people were killed or wounded. The First Lady and I join all Americans in praying and grieving for the victims, their families, and the survivors. We are outraged and sickened by this monstrous evil, the cruelty, the hatred, the malice, the bloodshed, and the terror. And we vow to act with urgent resolve. Terrible, terrible thing. As one mass shooting has followed another, over and over again, decade after decade. Nobody did anything. Why not? Mental illness and hatred pulls the trigger, not the gun. It is not up to mentally ill monsters. It is up to us. May God bless the memory of those who perished in Toledo. And I'm wondering if maybe part of the conversation that we need to have is whether or not, instead of tinkering with the Second Amendment, I never hear anybody say, let's tinker with the first. But I, but also, you know, people always say, do something, do something. And then, you know what? Congress does absolutely nothing most times. And I think that's why people are so upset. We can't just lay blame. There's so much going on. There's no single solution because there's no single cause. It's not the weapon. It's the evil from within. Thoughts and prayers are really the only thing that's going to stop the evil from within the individual who is taking up their arms to do this kind of a massacre. So I will continue to do the thoughts and prayers. I know the entire Senate will join in echoing the sentiments of the president this morning. We're deeply saddened. We're all concerned for those injured. We'll keep them in our prayers and we'll continue to send them every wish for quick and full recovery. Uh, That's a joke. That's an absolute freaking joke. Mitch McConnell needs to get off his ass and do something. People are getting killed in the streets in America and nobody's acting, nobody. There's a bottleneck in the United States Senate. What the hell are we doing in the United States of America? I'm telling you, people are fed up. Just briefly, sir, can I just ask, is there anything in your mind that the president can do now to make this any better? Uh, what do you think? You know the shit he's been saying? He's, he's been calling Mexican immigrants rapists and criminals. Um, I, I don't know, like members of the press, what the fuck? It's these questions that you know the answers to. I mean, connect the dots about what he's been doing in this country. He's not tolerating racism, he's promoting racism. So, you know, I I don't know what kind of question that is. one of those civilized individuals who did not insist upon agreement with his political principles as a precondition for conversation or friendship. Why? Oh my. 
This is the live mic. I'm Mike Romai, and we're speaking with Dr. Shannon Curry from Newport Beach, California. She heads the Curry Psychological Group and treats a variety of disorders, including grief and loss, depression and anxiety, trauma, and PTSD. And we have Dr. Curry on the program today to talk about the gun violence and the shooting that occurred over the weekend. I should say that plural shootings that occurred over the weekend, where 22 people uh, have been killed already and a number of others in. Injured. Uh, Dr. Curry, can you tell us how the psychological world or the people in psychiatry uh, react when they hear such things? Because we're hearing a number of things from uh, politicians and the population that th- this is a mental health issue. Oh, well, Mike, I thank you for having me on here. And I'm so happy to be able to speak about this because I think that the psychological community, probably as a whole, I can certainly speak for myself, we're collectively cringing when we hear that. Um, It only adds to the unnecessary stigma of mental illness and this idea that there are these isolated bad apples who do evil things. Nothing is more difficult than to understand him. And understanding is really key here in eliminating gun violence. And there are social influences on human behavior that cannot be underestimated in these sorts of continued tragedies in our society. And unless we choose to understand and explore those behaviors and not simply denounce what we seem to want to dismiss as bad apples um, and just throw them away in the back of our minds, we cannot forget what is happening here and we cannot dismiss it as mental illness. Yes, there may be aspects that are mentally ill, clearly, but these people have vulnerabilities that are being exploited by systemic forces. And I'm here to talk about those forces today. For people who do suffer with mental illness and it's widespread in our society, uh, does this kind of talk, blaming mental illness, does that add to the stigma of somebody coming forward? It sure does. And this is so frustrating for me as a psychologist. I work with so many lovely, wonderful, happy people. We all know people who struggle with mental illness. 50% of the population, and this is an underestimate, underestimate, this is reported by people, and so we know that it's an underestimate, but at least 50% of the population is going to experience a clinical depressive episode at some point in their lifetime. So that means half of us are mentally ill, can be qualified as mentally ill. Anxiety is prevalent. Our brains are 200,000 years old. They did not evolve very quickly. And they're still primed for threat. We're anxious. We're neurotic. That doesn't mean we're all going to pick up a gun and go shoot up a Walmart. So people have certain vulnerabilities. And there are certain systemic forces, like I said, that will make certain individuals more likely to act on those vulnerabilities. When something like this happens, and it's happened multiple times in 2019 alone, we've become so callous towards it in the sense that we've we've normalized it. Our elected officials, our president have normalized it. That's a great word there. My fear here, and I think this is the fear of many psychologists, is the normalization of this kind of deviance, the normalization of evil, of evil acts, and all of the real horrific tragedies and the human horrors, the atrocities throughout history have occurred because of apathy, because of the normalization of this kind of deviance, this slippery slope of 
well, maybe it is normal to start to label certain people as bad or as unwelcome or as less than. And that breeds hatred and it breeds fear. And then we start to disidentify with others. We start to think of them as less than human. And when we start to think of others as less than human, we're capable of doing some real atrocious things. Mm. When we categorize them as less than human, are we talking about uh, the racist rhetoric that's going on in our society now? That's exactly what we're talking about. So the immigrants, uh, illegal immigrants, uh, the black, the brown people, uh, all these people coming into this country, they're invading our country. And it seems as though uh, there's a group of white Americans, white males who are fighting back. And as I think uh, some of the political rhetoric has been pointing out, uh, take America back, bring America back. Well, there's certainly a fear based xenophobia. Uh, a rhetoric going on where the focus seems to me, I mean, when you really look at the numbers of issues that are a burden on our finances, those real burdens have to do with certain health care costs, things like diabetes, disease, um, incarceration. We are currently um, incarcerating a majority of substance abusers and people with actual substance dependence. And those are the big costs in our countries and in our country and some of the bigger issues to drain on our society. So then when you see this focus on immigrants, it can only really be considered xenophobia. I mean, it almost seems like this irrational fear against another person. And it's leading to a lot of hatred. We know throughout history and experimentation has shown this, that when we have people in positions of authority, especially, and that is what is so important about the president's role, that they take a diplomatic stance, that they be the altruistic leader. And what is so important about that role is people in authority have incredible influence over the masses. And we are social creatures by nature. We tend to conform. And so if you have people in the public who are already extremists and they have these extreme, hateful, white supremacist beliefs, our social norms better be such that they're keeping those people in check. And if you have a person in authority who is suddenly allowing or changing the social norms, who is using a rhetoric that is saying, hey, maybe in the panhandle it's okay, or whatever else, uh, making it lighthearted, making jokes about shooting immigrants, then they're actually opening Pandora's box. And I'm not saying that racism and white supremacy hasn't existed in America. It has been prevalent throughout history. It has never gone anywhere. However, What's happening is that we're opening the lid, we're changing the social norms from the highest level of power, and you're going to see those people who had those extremist beliefs start to flood out and behave in ways that previously were not acceptable out in the public eye. So there's always been nationalism in the United States, always been xenophobia from the Irish, the Japanese, uh, the Chinese, uh, different groups, the Catholics that came, Jews that came into this country and people rebelled against them. Why is it different today? Why are people acting out? Well, I think it's exactly what I was saying. I think that when you have a person in power who is changing the social norms to one that is xenophobic, people will start to conform to those social norms and there's not going to be as much pushback. They're suddenly being given permission or they're being given the, the courage, the boost that they needed to feel compelled 
to take those acts. Dr. Shannon Curry is our guest. She heads the Curry Psychological Group. And so what can and what should be done about this kind of language going on? Well, so I, I firmly believe that throughout history, the bow, if you think of a bow and arrow, sometimes the bow gets pulled back right before you allow that arrow to shoot forward for progression. And I think right now the bow has been pulled back. And the last thing we need to do is become apathetic. Do not allow yourself to normalize this. Do not allow this to become your social norm. I think it is very important for people to start to read up on social psychology. This is why psychologists just roll over. We go crazy when we see these phenomena acting out in society today. I mean, these were the precursors to the Holocaust, and I'm not being dramatic by saying that. This is how these events have occurred through history. We are history repeating itself right now. Educate yourself about how vulnerable human beings, all human beings are, to committing atrocities when it becomes socially normalized and recognize that pattern that is occurring. Unless we, unless we are critical of our own biases, unless we are aware of our own biases, and unless we recognize that our society is a reflection of these internal biases, and if we recognize these processes happening from the highest powers, we will be vulnerable to, to perpetuating it ourselves. So be aware of your own biases. Check other people who are uh, talking in a hateful way. If you see a vulnerable person who is um, being talked to in a hateful way, intervene. White people, be allies. Intervene. Talk to your white friends. Do not let them use xenophobic speech. Do not let them use racist speech. Do not let them engage in racist acts. This is a frightening time, and we have an opportunity here to progress forward or to let the atrocities of history repeat themselves. Dr. Curry, even if you weren't in uh, El Paso or you weren't in Dayton, Ohio, you're seeing it every day, every hour on the news. What impact does this have on the casual observer's brain? You know, actually, uh, there's been research that's shown that people will actually develop trauma symptoms, not unlike people who have actually been directly exposed to the traumatic event. So um, this is a traumatic time for our society. People are frightened. Parents are frightened. The best advice that I can give is that um, to remember that media exposure to horrific events increases our ideas of how common they are. And while they are common and there is a huge problem occurring in our society, the actual likelihood of being injured is not extremely high personally. So um, when people start to feel like they're in, you know, they're being directly threatened throughout the day every day, that's when I start to feel concerned. And I want people to really check their beliefs and their automatic assumptions about their safety with reality and facts, and to make sure that they really are allowing themselves to live their lives, tolerating the certain amount of uncertainty that we normally do in so, our healthy day-to-day lives. So basically what you're saying is this kind of stuff, if, you, if you're taking in too much of it, it could exacerbate uh, panic and anxiety disorder. Oh, absolutely. And, well and said. When you said about the, uh, the, the people who are out there and the people who may be copycat uh, shooters out there, uh, are there specific characteristics that we should look for in our coworkers and people who go to school uh, with others? What, what should we be looking for? without being paranoid. 
So, you know, and this is a tricky thing. So, you know, America is based on free speech and we don't want to take that away. And we also don't want to overly pathologize people. And we and what's really frightening, like I said, is this emphasis on mental illness, because there's no specific type of person with one specific mental illness who becomes a shooter. So I want to be very cautious here and not make any sweeping statements that, you know, you're going to look for this specific profile and that makes a shooter. Mm -hmm. But there are some risk factors to be aware of, and they're usually pretty obvious. So if you know of somebody who is actually speaking, most of these shooters have actually spoken about their desire and their curiosity to kill people. They have spoken explicitly about their hatred of certain people, certain groups. When it's race-motivated, they have been very explicit about that, in fact. So if you are around somebody who is writing things that are about killing, who is writing things about their explicit hate toward a certain group, you may want to intervene. And, you know, I've even countered in, in my practice working with certain individuals who have told me at times that they may have encountered somebody who's written certain things that concern them. And you can call the police. Um, the police actually are trained to kind of evaluate whether these things are a credible threat and something they need to look into further. And as as we go forward, you had mentioned something earlier about being a precursor to a Holocaust. Uh, do you expect copycat uh, shooters out there? Do you think that there will be others? Uh, these events, you say, seem to happen back to back. Well, like I said, human beings um, tend to be social creatures, and we do a lot of what's called social referencing. And um, that's why those social norms are so important and positive social norms are so important. What can happen, and I think what's been happening lately and what just happened this over the weekend is when there is a mass shooting, there's often um, it's more likely that one will follow shortly after. And this also happens when there are public suicides. So a celebrity suicide, there's an increased likelihood not only of another suicide but or of increased suicides within the public, but actually of accidents in public transport. And the mm -hmm. reason for that is believed to be that if you have a pilot or a train engineer or whatnot who is actually acutely suicidal and just wasn't really taking that next step, what happens is that when we're exposed to the idea of somebody following through with something we really want to do secretly, it gives that push, that um, courage to take that step. And I think that's what the fear is here. And I think um, 8chan is also perpetuating that kind of hatred through that peer support and that polarization of people who are like-minded in their xenophobia and their hate, um, they're normalizing it and they're giving each other that push, that courage to follow through on things that otherwise might have been a fleeting thought or possibly not have become that extreme. So that's the real concern mm -hmm. here is that other people who are considering it may take action who wouldn't have otherwise. You said HN, that's a social media site. It has been taken down today. Throughout the day today, we've heard uh, people trying to pass the buck. Uh, is it social media? Is it the news media? Is it video games? Uh, all the uh, and, and guns. And so there's a lot of passing the buck out there. But can mm -hmm. we key in on any one particular uh, thing that would create such monsters? What you can key in on are, are things where there's evidence. And what we know is that 8chan is where 
um, at least one shooter and many other terrorists, as we know, have posted essentially their manifestos and they've actually garnered support and they've engaged in rhetoric that has been hateful and has been consistent with their behavior. So um, with their tr- the behavior that has led to the death and murder of many people. So that's one where you can definitely say this contributed to a social psychology phenomenon that we know will increase the likelihood of somebody acting. So I think that is a pretty clear link right there. Dr. Shannon Curry, uh, thank you for spending the time with us. Dr. Curry uh, heads the Curry Psychological Group and treats a variety of disorders. Where can people find out more about you and your practice? Uh, You're welcome to look us up online at currypsychology.com. Thank you very much for spending the time and trying to help explain uh, this phenomenon with us. My pleasure, Mike. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Dr. Shannon Curry. You are listening to a production of the Social Voice Podcast Network. That many people saw that tweet as racist and that uh, white nationalist groups are finding common cause with you on that point. It doesn't concern me because many people agree with me. Those people in North Carolina, that stadium was packed. It was a record crowd. And I could have filled it 10 times, as you know. Those are incredible people. Those are incredible patriots.